Hi everyone, welcome to the Words with Dragons podcast. Um, thank you for joining. I hope that you're all doing all right, you know, with everything that's going on. Um, today is just another q and I'm going to be recording a few episodes kind of in succession just because my house is actually kind of quiet right now. Um, <clears throat> so I have a couple of um, episode requests for um, watch-along commentaries that I'm going to go into more detail with at the end of this. Um, as always, though, if you guys want to send in more questions with an asterisk, you always can. My inbox is always open. Um, and I'm going to stagger things. I recently just recorded an episode with Kuno-chan um, as a bit of just a fun conversational sort of collab that should be up in maybe a few weeks. I'm going to try to get back to posting regularly on the weekends uh, now that uh, real life is starting to settle and I'm starting to build more of a routine. Um, but yeah, thank you for sticking out. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And with Without further ado, let's just get into the questions because you guys sent in a bunch of good and sort of different ones, and I'm very excited. Um, so the first two are from from Shattered Stars. Um, and the first question is, how are you doing during quarantine? I'm actually doing okay. I'm really fortunate. Um, I'm now back home. Uh, I left where I was living at school. Um, so far, my uh, I am still doing some online classes, of course. That's why I've been busy and in, in kind of an essay hell recently. Um, but I am lucky that a lot of my courses was just a matter of um, moving things online, and it was pretty easy for them to do so. I have some friends who are more in like um, the sciences or more hands-on fields than like um, novel reading and essay writing. It was a lot trickier for them. Um, so currently just keeping my head above water essay wise, I still have a few due and I have a couple of take home exams I'll need to figure out. But other than that, I'm doing okay. My family's good. My family's healthy. Um, my friends are healthy, although we did have a couple of scares. Um, yeah, everything overall is okay. And I'm very happy to say it. And I hope that the rest of you are managing and just keeping your head above the water and doing some productive things maybe, and just taking care of yourselves. Um, and I hope that in some ways this podcast um, and my fix and my meta and that sort of thing, and even the Dragon Prince and other fandoms that you guys are in, um, can be a distraction and a positive place when you need it. Because I think that's really important for this sort of time. Um, and we're all just kind of going through it best we can. Um, but yeah, I'm okay. I'm really lucky. Um, and then on to the Dragon Prince related questions. Um, the second question from Shattered Stars is, do you think poly relationships are a thing in the Dragon Prince? Just wondering, because I saw a fic of Rayline Callum having a poly relationship with an OC Earthblood elf. Um, I think I have seen that fic in the tag. I didn't click on it just because um, I wasn't super interested in the OT3, but that's just my personal preference. Um, for anyone who enjoys that fanfic, I'm sure it's great. I know nothing about it. Um, <laughs> Just enjoy it, have fun, hope the writer has fun. Um, but I definitely would think that poly relationships would be a thing in The Dragon Prince. We don't really know anything strict about um, any sort of marriage customs, even within um, the human kingdoms or elven society. I see no reason why like they wouldn't um, for scenarios where, you know, three people are in love, why not? Or even just like one person with two partners and then there's a platonic relationship as well. Um, but yeah, I can, it doesn't seem like there's any sort, like I know it was, um, I think, confirmed in an interview or on Twitter, something like that, um, 
that Anya is her mother's biological child, that I guess magic has made it possible um, for that to happen. So I would see no reason why that wouldn't be the same for like um, other same-sex couples. Um, or just, yeah, it doesn't seem like it's a world that really has any sexism or transphobia or homophobia, at least not the way that we would necessarily recognize it. Um, so I see no reason why um, the expectation of monogamy would be a definite thing. I still think, you know, the we've seen, I think, six-ish, technically seven, if you count Cal and Claudia, like, teased relationships. Um, and then they're all monogamous, but I see no reason why that would have to always be the case and why there couldn't be other scenarios or even other types of relationships, you know, like polygamy um, or, sorry, polyamory, um, not even necessarily being romantic or sexual, you know, like why not have a, a platonic OT3 um, that used to be life partners in a QPR or something like that. Um, so I think there's a lot of, I think in the Dragon Prince, even if we don't necessarily see all of all of it, I see no reason why it couldn't exist and why there wouldn't be as relationships as, as varied and complicated and supportive as the ones that exist in the real world. Um, but yeah, I don't necessarily know if I think that would be something that Rila and Callum would want to explore in their relationship. I think that, um, I think Callum wouldn't have like necessarily like the nerve or the interest really. And I think Rila would be a little bit too um, possessive over him to want to wanna share. Um, even just in terms of like, you know, like attention, cuddling, that sort of thing. Again, like not necessarily anything sexual. Um, but yeah, I think why not, right? Why not? Um, next question is from Anonymous. And they asked, do you have any pregnant Rayla slash dad Callum headcans to share? Um, I think Rayla would be someone who would have a lot of particular cravings for um, whatever food is least available, wherever they end up living. Like if she's in the sober girl, then she really wants more human cooked dishes. Living Catalyst, she really wants more things that you can find in the Silver Grove. Um, I definitely think like cravings, particularly, I guess maybe of like moonberry juice or something like that, or moonberry surprise would be a, a thing for her. Um, and I think that for some reason, I think that Callum would like massage her feet. I have, I don't know why. It just seems like it would be something they would do, sort of a relaxation thing. Um, she only has like four toes on each foot, so it's technically less work um but yeah and I think Callum would definitely dote on her not to sometimes to a degree where real is kind of like okay back off I can take care of myself but not too often I think overall by that stage um they'd be really good at knowing each other's boundaries and stuff and obviously they, there might be some complications with having um a half elf half human child um I do think maybe the those sorts of complications um might be more serious if like um, the mother um, was human, just because I don't think a human womb would be able to accommodate however elf horns work. But like, um, they're like being the mother, if the baby does have horns, obviously like her body can handle it. Um, so I think that would help. Um, and then as for just dad, Callum Headcans, I think he would just be such a doning involved father. I think he would both really look up to the sort of example that Hero set, but also simultaneously want to be better in some ways. I feel like um, he'd almost treat being a father almost like kind of the way that Ezra treats being a king of like, 
our dad was a great dad and a great king, but he made some mistakes. And I think Callum would always, it would be really important to Callum that his children like always knew exactly where they stood with him and exactly how much he loved him, that he would really push through whatever sort of like awkward things. Um, I think he might struggle again with worry um, because the kids are going to be um, half lane. Some of the first half lanes, assumedly, that have existed in a really long time. And obviously not everyone's going to be a fan of that. Um, I think he would want to make sure that they get to grow up like any other kid, that they're not, that they know, you know, he can't, he doesn't want them to not acknowledge their heritage or that they're different, but he doesn't want them to feel isolated. Um, so I think that'd be really important. Um, and I think that Callum would be because I do headcanon them having a little boy first and then a few years later having a little girl. Um, and I do think that Callum could kind of sense on their toddler. And I don't think their toddler was like super excitable, but you know, a little demanding um, when their son was kind of getting on a pregnant reel's last nerve of being like, you know what, like, you know, you just need some space from the kids sometimes. Um, I definitely think he would, they would both be incredibly involved parents. I actually think Callum would, is more likely to be a stay-at-home dad than Riola would be to be a stay-at-home mom. Um, just, you know, Callum, I think after everything, he would really just care about being with his family. I think Riola would still always be a little bit more restless. Um, I could be wrong, but it's just how I see it. Um, but that's kind of the head headcanons I have to share without maybe going more into the specifics of um, each of them as parents and what I imagine their kids would be like. Maybe that is a podcast question for another day. Um, the next question is from Cosmic Idiocy, who asks, if Rayla knows about the coins from Viren's Hint, do you think she'll try to find the coins next season? I think I've talked more extensively about this on the uh, podcast collab I did with the Arcadia Ledger, which you can check out under that name. It was really fun. It's long. Um, it's a good hour and a half of the Dragon Prince and Rayla me rambling goodness. Um, and I think maybe I've talked a bit about it on podcasts here previously, I don't think it would be season four. I think we're going to continue the sort of um, alterating pattern the show is set of like season one, pretty evenly focused on the trio um, and Calum and Rayla kind of in equal measure. You could argue it focused on Rayla a little bit more, maybe just because we get a bit more of her POV as the audience. Um, but, you know, pretty even. And then season two was very Calum centric. Um, and then season three kind of with Rayla being like more of a supporting role, she gets her moments and her arcs and stuff like that, but she's mostly, you know, it, it's, it's more Callum season than hers. Um, and then season three, obviously we see the reverse, right? Where we see the flip side of um, season three is like more Rayla season. Obviously Callum gets his moments and some nice arc culmination um, and some good her supporting him. Um, but for the most part, it is, realist season at least in terms of their plot lines um so i think season four will continue that sort of pattern of being like callum maybe even with the opening narration um of the season and it just being a, kind of about him and realizing like i can connect to another arcanum and that sort of thing and his relationship with ezrin and obviously ezrin as king is probably going to be a, a really important part of the season um and then I think season five, we again, we'll switch back. We'll be like season four would have kind of finished up some of Callum's arc. We might have a little bit in season five. And, you know, it's going to be the presumably the end of the second arc. Uh, but it'll probably be Rayla's. And I think that's when I could see her really being like, I need to go after the coins. 
um but again that sort of like restless relentless nature um because this is her family and i think it could be a really interesting place to have some like small but emotional conflict between her and callum which i do really want to write i've been throwing around kind of doing um a sort of maybe like prequel one shot or something along those lines of when callum and real um within the um, if time is money kind of universe and all the illusions and you know the fact that it's like a pseudo um speculative sort of season six season five um to uh, a high degree of Rayla and Calm and when they finally decide okay we're gonna go we're gonna hunt down Claudia because at that point Viren's already dead in, 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 in the fic universe um and we're gonna go and we're gonna get the coins and we're gonna get your parents back and kind of the decisions that they had to make in terms of just even setting out on that journey and how it was emotional and where um really kind of finally learned some lessons that she needed to learn um in regards to their relationship and Callum's devotion to her and that and her her own sort of um understanding of the value of her life and I think that would be really fun so uh, I mean we'll probably cry because I cry every damn chapter in that fic um, but I think that would be a really sort of interesting prequel one shot thing to write. Um, but I would be surprised if we don't see similar scenarios play out. Maybe not in season four, but in season five. I think we're gonna get there eventually. I think we'll have everyone together before season six, just so that, you know, it's all done and we're going into the last arc and that sort of thing, and we don't want to keep Rune on in the coins for too long. Um but yeah, season five. That's the that's the belief. Um, just Blackfire asked, "What do you think about Ibis? To me, he is just a fascinating figure, and I think a fair bit can be read from what little we know of him. Like he seems to be genuinely upset that he couldn't help Zubeya, who as an ambassador he would have worked with a lot. His status as an ambassador also places his interactions with Ezrin and Callum into an interesting light, because Rayla probably mentioned, "Hey, these are the princes of Catalis at some point off screen." I forget if it's at the I was as an ambassador, but we do know he is the mage of the sky nexus. I started writing a small piece from his point of view, kind of of him inheriting the position from his mother, because one of the interesting things to me that hit me was that as guardian of the sky nexus, he's clearly close to the draconic royal family and has been for a long time. And up until like four or five months before the show starts, or I guess five months before season three, um, Rayla's parents were there at the spire, presumably for a decent amount of time. So he would have known Lane and Teodrin like quite well. Um, so I think his relationship with Rayla could be really interesting. Um, I also think Ibis is very good natured. He kind of goes with the flow. You know, he's like, okay, there's a human connector in Arcanum, different. Uh, I think he has a real loyalty to the dragon monarchy. Because I got the sense from him that he was planning on staying at the, at the Sky Nexus even once the kids left. Like, he wasn't going to leave Zubeya. Um, I do think he's extremely chill. I don't know how true that is, but it always cracks me up that um, in 307, yes, it's the end of 307, when the kids show up and they present Zim, it's like not only was Zim, like, dead, like, he would have had, you know, it's not like um, it's not like authority's letter got through to him. So there's no warning. These three kids an elf, a moonshadow elf, and these two human kids just show up with the dragon prince um, hatched alive. And Ibis is just like, 
Thank you. He's so calm and it just cracks me up. And I, it's, I'd be curious to see what could really jar him, you know, even with all the things at the um, spire, you know, like, do we fight? Do we go? And when he's giving advice to Callum or, um, you know, when he's like, oh, we need help. He's just all very calm. I think he'd be good in terms of balancing um, Callum's excitability if Ibis does teach him the way that I'm, I'm hoping in terms of being a sky mage. Um, and honestly, a lot of people are going to need the, hey, this is like the crown prince and king of Catalis <laughs> discussion at one point. Like, um, I'd love to see what Athari's perspective would be when like Rila brings back this human boy who was kind of strange last time. Um, but also it's like, hey, not only this is my boyfriend <laughs> and he's a human prince. He's the crown prince, obviously, because now Ezrin's king. Um, and I do think that they must have told Ibis at one point, and I would be curious to see also how Zubaya reacts. Um, but I think Ibis is... I am really curious as to how important he's going to be because whenever I watch um, 309, like the ending scene, the trio turns around to kind of face the audience. And, you know, it's, I assume it's just more like, oh, epic, epic closing shot, you know? Like, who are they looking at? Us? They need to look at us. Um, but the trio turns around, but Ibis turns around too. And I'm like, how big is your role next season? Because nobody else turns around and I'm just in an animation. Nothing is accidental. So I'm really curious as to like, what does that mean? I have no idea. If anybody wants to send me a message, me like, Oh, I think it means this. Please do. Cause I have no clue. I'm just like, I really hope we see more of Ibis. He won me over almost immediately. And I just, I want him to be Callum's teacher. So badly, the boy deserves a teacher, deserves another kind of like parental mentorish figure. Um, and I just really like Ibis's personality. And I would love to see, um, who knows if the show will, obviously there's a certain amount of time and um, things being considered, but I would be really curious to see um, his bond with like Lane and Teodrin and how that would work. I just think that would be fun. And it would also be cool to hear about Rayla's parents from someone outside of the Moonshadow family. But I would also even love to hear about Rayla's parents from Athari Renan themselves because they were best friends. Um, now I'm thinking, like, did Lane and Teodrin ever tell Ibis about their daughter? And, like, when Rayla shows up, he can recognize her. He can recognize them and her. Okay, I'm fine. I'll just put that in a fanfic one day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, and then the next question is from the awkwardest of sauces. Love the username first off. Um, and they said, Hey, so I was wondering, do you listen to any particular music when you write the Dragon Prince and Raylan related things? I've listened to very specific songs to get the right kind of inspiration. And I thought you might be the same. By the way, I love your podcast. It's already been responsible for one good night's sleep for me. Have a nice day. That is so sweet. Thank you. I hope... I'm really happy that that could help. I like to think my voice is um, somewhat soothing when I'm not, you know, um, crying or yelling. So that's good. Um, and I hope you have a lovely day slash night. I have no idea what your time zone is. Um, for me, usually what I do is I really like to have music as background noise. So I can basically listen to almost any song. I just put whatever I'm in the mood for. I'm always looking for new music um, on sort of repeat while I write. So then I have like, you know, like, um, 
noise and music going and I can kind of hum along and enjoy it um but because it's on repeat I'm not always getting like distracted by the lyrics or something like that and I can just focus on what I'm doing um however there are some songs I will put on to get in a Raylan mood I actually have um too many playlists now on Spotify it's kind of getting out of hand I was like yeah I can have I can have a few you know um I can have one about um you know pining Rayla pining Callum a pre-season three fan mix a season three fan mix um I made a Callum Claudia one because I like angst I made a Janai and Amaya one um I made an ultimate Raylan playlist that's an hour and 43 minutes um I made a Broyles playlist. I made another Callum slash Rayla playlist um, with girl breakup anthems because I know myself and I thought it was funny. Um, And I'm not going to lie. Occasionally, Miss Moving On by Fifth Harmony has made me tear up a little bit. And I know it's dumb because (laughs) it's not an emotional song at all. But, like, it's something about it just makes me think of how, like, Callum letting himself, like, love again and love someone new. Um after Claudia and how really makes them feel sick it just gets me man um I have a postseason three Raylan fan mix that's kind of supposed to uh cover sort of their relationship up until the point where um season four would presumably open if it is a three-year time skip um and then I have through the moon um speculative playlist um with a couple of repeats um and then I have a Vera and Claudia and Soren playlist. You know, you got, you got, I have an Ezra one that I'm actually really proud of. And I have a Callum one that I'm very proud of. And I like Raylos a lot, but I feel like that has the most repeats of songs I've used before. Um, but the Callum and Ezra ones are quite fresh. They're all at Words of Dragons on Spotify. I also have um, a uh, playlist on YouTube that I think is over for just for Raylam. Um that has 277 songs on it. Um, I'm happy to link that for anyone who wants it. Everything should be under the um my playlist tag on my blog. Um, but I kind of like to have a variety. I really, you know, there are some some of my favorite songs ever don't fit Raylam. Tragic, I know. Um but I definitely really like to make playlists and collect songs for certain moods and stuff. Um, if you are someone who's going through a bit of a hard time or um, this is just the general you now, um, or, you know, you're just, you just need a bit of a breather. You're just like, you know, I need to think that like things are going to be okay. Um, I just made a playlist called um, feel good. It's 10 songs. So it's a shorter one. Um, but all the songs, I think, in particular, the second one. Um, if anyone just needs to kind of like, you know, take a deep breath in, let it out. Um, it's All Right by Mother Mother. I would really recommend. It's just a very good song um, about how it's okay to be human. It's okay to mess up and not always be it. Um, what you feel is your best, even if that's your best for the day. Um <clears throat> But I do have a few songs that I would consider um, a Raylam anthem that I do often put in. Um, and they are um, Don't Deserve You by Plum. I'm just, I'm just going through my list now. Um, Still Falling For You by Ellie Golding. 
Um, I'm just I'm just looking. Um, High Above the Ground by Daughtry. Um, Let's Get Married. Uh, the Mixty cover is so good, but you can also listen to the Bleachers. Um, just I'm just going through. Um, yeah, While We're Young by Marianna's Trench. Never Really Over by Katy Perry. Um, Ships in the Night by Matt Kearney. Surrender by Natalie Taylor is one of my ultimate ones. Um, so is Without You by Parachute. Um, I Was an Island by John Allison Weiss um, is a massive real song for me. So is Cruel Summer by Taylor Swift. Don't Take the Money by The Bleachers is a big Callum song for me. Um, I find that one song that I tend to come, I have some, I have some songs that like I'm always in the mood for no matter what. Um, and one of them is Over You by Ingrid Michaelson featuring a great big world. There's just something about that song where like, no matter what mood I'm in, like happy, sad, um, no matter what mood I'm going for in my writing, I just always find that that song kind of covers it all. Um, there's some like really, um, specific ones, you know, that I think, you know, am I writing like happy realm, sad realm, happy realm? Um, I just hit the table. Um, Say It Again by A.J. Mitchell. Um, Can't Fight This Feeling by Bastille is an amazing pining Callum song. Um, Long Live by Taylor Swift is also great. Um, Dark Side by Kelly Clarkson. Ghost by Jacob Lee. Um, you know, I would really just recommend on my playlists. I've been thinking about making a list just of all the ones, you know, the ones that are Raylum and for what, um, and then the ones that are like non-Raylum because there are more than a few now, which is nice. I'm always trying to, to expand, broaden my horizons. Um, but yeah, so I would say that there's a lot for me personally, I find music is really important, but it's more about having background noise than necessarily inspiration. Although there can definitely be occasions where music heavily inspires what I'm writing. Um, and I'm definitely a big lyrics person. A lot of my fic titles are song lyrics, even um every chapter of If Time is Money is a different lyric from um Next to Me by Sleeping at Last. Anything by Sleeping at Last, no matter no matter what emotion you're going through, whether you're happy, you're sad, or you don't know, or like you need to like believe in life again, or just like you want to appreciate how beautiful things are, or you need a reminder or whatever, Sleeping at Last has written a lyric that describes exactly how you feel. I cannot recommend them enough. Um, their Enneagram songs, um, numbers one through nine are all phenomenal. Um, they are some of the most mean, they're some of the most meaningful music I've ever heard. They all make me cry. Um, everyone will have a song in particular that touches them. You might have multiple ones. Um, but yeah, I always recommend those. And a lot of them are also really great for falling asleep. Um, sleeping at last Saturn lullaby, and they have a couple of covers, um, make you feel my love. And as long as you love me, Backstreet Boys, not Justin Bieber. Um, yeah, those are some really good songs. And I can't recommend Sleeping At Last enough. I really can't. Yeah, but thank you for sending that in. Um, and then the next question from Anonymous is, do you see any chance of Raylan breaking up temporarily next season for plot purposes or maybe because they might go in different places? I actually did end up talking a bit about this at length um, in my previous Q&A, but the short-term answer 
um, <laughs> assuming I don't get emotional, um, is no. I really don't think they'd break up. I definitely think that they could be a couple that experiences like um, tension or maybe political disagreements, um, you know, just wanting to do what's best for each of their peoples or, you know, just even having to do maybe long distance if Callum has to go back to Catalis or, you know, if Rayla's off traveling or vice versa, like who, who even knows, right? Um, but I think, I, I think some with long distance would be the biggest challenge for them because they haven't really had to be apart since they met, you know, um, I think the most they've maybe been apart is a few hours, um, max when Rayla went down to go free the dragon in 207 and even then Callum went down after her but you know presumably an hour or two had passed um and maybe like on uh Villa's boat in season two you know maybe there was a day where Callum was mostly below docks and Rayla was mostly above so they didn't interact for like seven hours but other than that um they've been really side by side um so I think going long distance suddenly would be hard for them they would really have to adjust to not having this person like right by you all the time and just like how much they had come to rely on each other in very ride or die life or death emotional situations and even just you know just exchange a look or a joke the amount of the amount of inside jokes these kids must have that we don't see because like when you're walking all you can do is talk you know like must be insane um I'd love to see, like, references to that at one point or something, um, you know, because, like, I have so many dumb inside jokes with my friends. Um, you know, you build your own language, you build your own kind of world with the people you love, and I, I think Real and Cal would be like that. You can already see that in season three, but just how good at silent communication they are, how much they can understand with just, like, a look or how they instinctively look at each other when they're reacting to something like uh, whether it's Sol Regum or like Soren's news and 308 um for plot purposes I don't think so because like I've I've said it before but and I'll say it again because it was one of the things that made me lean towards Raylam in the first place as a as a postseason one shipper it was very different um and even postseason two you know I had I had some doubts because I was like, well, like Rayla obviously loves him, you know, like the two and I know was confession scene felt solid enough, but Callum's feelings were a little bit less obvious, a very, still like very obvious, you know, like gushing over her in the letter, um, drawing her, flirting with her in 207 pretty obviously, you know, like there's more than enough there, right? Um, but maybe not necessarily being as strong romantically. Um, but one of the thing, and I was worried, I was like, you know, because I've been burned narrative. The last fandom I was in, I was burned quite narratively. On a lot of levels, I felt very sure about. Um, so that was really disconcerting. Um, but for the Dragon Prince and Raylam, one of the things I reminded myself was like, it's narratively stronger for them to want to spend the rest of their lives together. Because that's more of a challenge. Like, if Rayla and Callum are really, really close friends, that's still unusual between an elf and a human. But they would live in separate places, you know, and they wouldn't, they would be having separate families, right? Like, they're, they would get along really well with each other, significant other. They'd be aunt and uncle to each other's kids, 100%. I've actually, that was one of the very first things Rayla related that I wrote was that sort of scenario. 
but that doesn't embody the change that they've made in their world. If they're making a world where elves and humans can live together. Um, and that it would, like, unless, you know, unless, like, Rayla was going to fall for another human for some reason, or Callum was going to fall for another elf for whatever reason, um, they embody the narrative best by wanting to be with each other. And I don't think that, I think 308 in some ways is, like, one of the best examples of them working through their pretty significant issues with pretty high stakes um, in the span of maybe half an hour. Like, there's there's maybe, like, 20, 30 minutes um, in between when Callum is, okay, I need to go. I need to see the memory. Memory presumably would have been quick. Most of that, like, 20-minute, 30-minute time span maybe would have been him just, like, walking up to the top of the pinnacle to where Rayla Wood is. And, like, it doesn't seem like the antechamber is that far away from it because it's already so far near the top. It's still, like, probably, like, a decent amount of of stairs. And he would have had to do the drive. We know he can drop very quickly, so I don't think that would have taken too much time. And I'm sure, you know, while he was walking up, he was running over how he wanted to present it to Rayla, like, make it clear that that he's not there to change her mind. He's just there to tell her what he saw and... She'll be overjoyed by what she sees, even if that means her parents are gone, you know, rather than um, missing. Um, and so, I don't know. There's just, there's, in season one and season two and season three, every time the kids are presented with the choice between, like, the way that they've hurt each other or their hurt feelings concerning each other, you know, whether it's about, like, issues of trust and the egg, um or even just, like, the Banther Lodge, really, or if we're going really early, um, or Harrow, or the disagreement about Soren and Claudia, um, or even Dark Magic, you know, really was really angry about that, or even in season three of just, like, really continually pushing Callum away in 304, and then, you know, 308 with their disagreement there. Like, every time they're presented with an option between you either have to pick your hurt feelings or your relationship with this person they pick their relationship. They're like, you know what? Like, Calm did dark magic. Rayla decides she doesn't care anymore. It's not, you know, like, um, I'm writing Drabble based on 209 right now for my 21 days fic, and I'm, I want to make sure I get it right because it's such, the, the almost confession scene is such an important scene, not necessarily because she almost confesses. Like, yes, it's like, oh my God, holy crap. You know, but in some ways, the most important line in that scene is when she says, it doesn't matter what you did before. I just want you to be okay again. Not only is she at the stage where she's so scared of losing him, she's she's willing to bargain. She's not saying, like, it doesn't matter what you did before. I forgive you. You know, it's almost like there's nothing to forgive anymore. I don't. She just she doesn't care. She just doesn't care about what he did and it's such a statement almost of like of unconditional love to me Uh, you can hear it in my voice I'm getting a little bit choked up um and then even you know Callum picking her over Claudia who had given him no reason to not trust her over Rayla um and just you know yeah, every in Callum so easily could have gone on her in 304, right? Like really saying, like, I've lost everything. Like the people who care about me, well, 
Callum is right there caring about her and he doesn't he doesn't take it personally because he knows that it's not and I just think you know or in in 106 when he decides like I'm gonna give her the egg like she's he still knows she's hiding something he just decides that it doesn't matter like you see these kids time and time again decide that like hey this thing you were doing that was kind of crappy it doesn't matter because I care about you more and I just think that like that's not gonna go away um they're just going to pick each other. Um, and again, I think there's more, you know, I'm not saying they can't be rattled, they can't be shaken, but like he jumped off a mountain for her. He jumped off a cliff. She knows it. She's loved him for so long, um, for over a season in the full length of the show. Um, if not, if not earlier than two or nine, you know, if not since like two or four, maybe, um, so yeah, I think they're gonna be good. My bet, personally, if it's um, if it is a three-year time skip, my bet for what we're gonna see in season four um, is them gonna be engaged. Because even if they are broken up temporarily, I don't think they've let themselves get to that state. I was um, talking to Spirity Powers though uh, about something. I was, oh, what song was it? Was I listening to a song? Something made me, yes. Oh, okay. I was listening to, um, there's this really good cover of um, Celine Dion's It's All Coming Back to Me Now by Jeremy Jordan, who was the voice of an angel. Um, and I was listening to it. And it's like, it's a seven-minute song, you know? It's a commitment. It's all about kind of getting back together with an ex. And it just made me think of how, like, if Callum and Rayla got broken up, they broke up with each other. I feel like it would last six weeks maximum if not like six days and they'd both be like you know I feel like maybe Callum decided to stick up for himself about something um and him you know being like and he wants to he want and he want they want each other back obviously but Rayla's stubborn and Callum's kind of like you know like I always fold first like I want her to say sorry first this time or whatever because Rayla doesn't tend to say sorry first in their relationship um in the show even um, and so, and, like, I just picture them being at the, cat at, like, Catalyst for it, too, because it's, like, you know, somewhat small, but large building, and Ezrin's just, like, Ezrin and Storm are just stuck in between, because, like, they're both being unbearable, they're, like, I miss them so much, and Ezrin and Storm are, like, so, like, talk to them, and they're, like, no, like, I can't, and they're, like, oh, my god, and so, and then, Callum and Rayla get back together and because like a Rayla does fold first this time but I think each of them would be asked like do you care more about like winning this fight or do you care more about being with this person that you love and each of them would be like I care more about being with this person that I love um yeah Rayla would fold first and they'd, they'd make out a little and then actually talk everything through um because teenagers um but yeah, so that's almost like a fun sort of joke concept in my head, but I don't necessarily think they would do it. And I think with how tightly packed the show tends to be plot-wise, like I think season four is going to have a lot going on politically. I don't necessarily think it fits, but I don't even think we would have time. It would be strange that they would carve out time for something like that um, when it's almost like unnecessary sort of conflict not necessary I don't think it would necessarily be played for comedy 
Um, so yeah, I have my fingers crossed for an engagement plot line. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, and thank you guys. That's the last question. And thank you guys for all of your questions. As always, feel free to keep sending them in over at Realm on Two A's. Um, I hope this podcast and my blog can be a good place for you in this time. Um, the next two um, requests I have is from um, Mystic Dinosaur Catcher with a 204 um, watch along commentary and my new groove with the 105 watch along commentary. Um, I'm pretty sure I have someone in my inbox or someone. I forget who. Oh, I should have written it down. Um, I'll find it. I'll go find it after this. Um, of somebody who was like, would you do 304 on 305? And I definitely want to do those episodes at one point because they're two of my favorite. However, um, they're also extremely Raylum heavy. I know I I know why you're all here. Um, and I just want to kind of pace myself with season three episodes, you know, like maybe like do um, 204, 105, um, and then maybe like 304 or something, and then go back and maybe do um, – 106 207 then 305 or something along those lines just so we um we pace the random goodness of season three out a bit more um you know to kind of last but the hope is to do a watch along commentary to every episode um and if you guys would prefer me to start going more in chronological order with those you know of like every other week i'm definitely not opposed i would want to start from season one um and then I did a watch along commentary for 102, but I haven't done anything else. So I'm happy to go back and do like episode one, you know, of season one and then skip over two because I've already done that. You guys can go back um, and then three, four, five and work my way through the season that way if you guys want something chronological. But if you guys just want the goods of what you personally want to see first, um, then the by request basis may work and then I'll just see what I haven't done yet um when we eventually start to run out of episodes um but yeah that's everything I have for today thank you for checking in as always um anyone who listens to the little um ad I have uh before this episode I can't talk um thank you so much because it is making a difference I have almost a full dollar and I'm really excited um every time I check and I'm like oh my god I'm at like 61 cents like fuck yeah um, cause it's just, it's just exciting. I never thought I would make any money from anything fandom related and I am going to be rich and then give my money away because being rich isn't ethical. Anyway, um, socialism and real on the side. Um, thank you again for checking in and sending in your questions are always lovely. Um, dragons out.